so I found I, this is going to sound really weird, but I found this really cool trick to get people to actually respond to my emails. As many of you know, I'm not a religious person in any way, shape, or form. But I started to write "thank you" and "have a blessed day" <laughs> instead of just "thank you." And like weirdly, my rate of reply has gone up. And also, like the replies are much nicer. <laughs> that is a an interesting dynamic. It's I wonder really how it would weird. change if, if if you put "thank you" and "bless your heart." Oh yeah. Well, I'm Jewish, so I would have to write thank you and shalom, and then I would then they would never reply. <laughs> this episode of the All Things MSP podcast is brought to you by SuperOps. Bid farewell to disjointed systems with SuperOps network monitoring. Effortlessly deployable and capable of monitoring metrics by asset type, our unified platform seamlessly integrates with PSA, RMM, and IT documentation. Managers can now easily scan for devices through a custom subnet and receive consolidated alerts, ensuring efficient network operations. For more information, go to atmsp.link forward slash superops. And we also want to welcome our newest sponsor, Comtech Systems. Comtech Systems is committed to empowering MSPs with advanced UCAS and voice solutions that transform communication and increase partners' monthly recurring revenue streams. Comtech delivers award-winning Teams voice and WebEx voice solutions, low-cost and high-bandwidth internet circuits, contact center solutions, and more. If you want more information, please reach out at atmsp.link forward slash Comtech. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the All Things MSP Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Esco. With me always is my good friend, podcast producer extraordinaire, Mr. Eric Anthony. Eric, what's up, buddy? Oh, just having a great day. Uh, for those who don't know, the way Eric and I film these is we literally are on like a Zoom call for like three hours, and then we film these. So by the time you hear me saying, hey, what's going on? I already know the answer. <laughs> Because we've already done all of the updates, you know, the, yeah. the familial updates. Yeah, it's not like we just jump in. We're like starting start the podcast and we just start talking as if we haven't been speaking for the last six hours. Uh, so we wanted to talk today a little bit about outsourcing. And and, and this is get, you know, look, it's a broad topic. We, we're going to we're going to dive a little bit into it and uh, because I know like for us personally, like. There are things we can do and things we can't do. And, and there are plenty of you who are out there who are listening or watching that are not understanding where your playground ends and where it should end. And I feel like y'all need to learn. <laughs> y'all need to be schooled in how to play in the playground the right way. Well, and it's not just that, right? It's it, it, For me, it comes down to operational efficiency. And what should you be doing and what shouldn't you be doing to maximize profitability in your business? Yeah. Right out of the gate, I want to talk a little bit about one, you should, well, now, now, now I'm backtracking out of the gate. You should know what you're good at and know what you're not good at. And what I was going to go with the out of the gate was like, Immediately, if you're not already, you should sign up to be partners with a company like Toloris or Sandler and Partners and mention Eric and I's name. Um, because when you do that, you now have access to a breadth of 
knowledge and vendors that you never had access to before. And I'm finding that, especially on the Apple side, a lot of Apple-based consultants are not partnered with these companies and should be because there's so many more things you can do that you never thought you could. And I know, I know, I know from our side of things, and I'll let you speak on the PCM PC side, Eric, but like a lot of Apple consultants only want to play again in their playground for just Apple things, but then that makes the playground really, really, really tiny. And I feel like whether you're Apple or PC, you need to just, you can't do just the computer itself. You have, if you're going to do business to business, you need to talk about all the other pieces of the infrastructure and you can maintain the computers and the network and then outsource the, the telephony, the VoIP, but manage it. Or you can outsource the printing, but manage it, right? Whereas too many consultants I'm, I'm finding nowadays, they want to niche in so bad and like, I'm only going to do the computer. And if it's networking related, I don't want to touch it. And I'm like, you can't do that because you can't leave the, you're going to walk away from a computer that's not working because the network's not working because, oh, it's not, that's not my thing. You know what I mean? That's not what we're talking about here. I think, I think you need to expand your playground, but then like when the client's like, hey, what do you know about, you know, failover internet? Or what do you know about IoT devices to like control the temperature in my, you know, walk-in refrigerator or something like that? Like, you don't need to know that stuff because that's not what you're expert in. That's when you can go to a company like Dolores or Sandler and Partners. But there's a lot more we could talk about in terms of outsourcing. But I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of that is is extremely relevant, right? When we're talking about outsourcing, we're talking about making sure for number one, that you are managing. You said that those words. You're not doing the work, but you are managing the work to be done. And to me, that's a really critical distinction. Yeah. And especially when you have things like alarm systems, right? Alarm systems today, all of them have to be connected to the phone system unless they have a cellular connection. But even then, you, you should know exactly how that's working. But let's talk about the telephony and, and alarm systems for a second. Okay. There's a little bit of wizardry that happens with hooking an analog <laughs> alarm system or an elevator phone, you know, to a voice over IP system. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. It, it can be done. It's not extremely difficult, but it's not in your wheelhouse. And so is it efficient for you to do even if you can figure out how to do it? No, it's not. So make sure you are managing them because the management piece, by the way, is most important because, you know, so many of us got displaced by a managed print provider who suddenly decided to start doing IT yeah. because they already had their foot in the door with print services. And so you have to make sure that as a managed service provider, critical using that term, managed, that you are managing all of their IT, all of their technology, so that nobody else has the opportunity to get a foothold on that client. When it comes to VoIP, I think the funny thing when it comes to VoIP is like, I've had friends in the past be like, dude, you got to sell voice. And I'm like, I do. I, I use phone.com or I use Bvoip or I use, you know, Vonage or whoever. And they're like, no, 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 you got to sell. You got to sell yourself. And they were trying to sell me on 
spinning up my own sip trunk, you know, using some provider, I'm not going to mention who, as like my backbone. And two things that came to mind was one, the person who was calling me, telling me about this, had the worst phone connection ever. Like the conversation I had with him was so choppy. I'm like, are you on that service now? He was like, yeah, it's awesome. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> but that, that aside, the second thing is uh, billing, because especially with voice more than anything else, there's a lot of taxes and rules that have to be applied when it comes to voice. So you may not need to be the VoIP provider. We have VoIP providers you can talk to. You know, we we know George over at BVoIP. I know Andy at phone.com. We know Elise over at uh, uh, Advantage. Like, we have people that you can talk to. But you need to be able to manage that system. We manage all of our clients' phone systems. They have a problem with their phone system. They're not going to the VoIP provider. They're coming to us. Hey, someone's leaving. We need to change the IVR. Hey, this call routing isn't working. Hey, we need a new phone number. Because again, like you said, we have our foot very promptly placed on the ground there and everything comes from that, right? So, so outsourcing it doesn't mean completely losing control. You have to remember that. Um, so the voice thing is tricky. I think some of the other ones are not as tricky if you really want to do it like wiring is a good example right our team in columbia missouri we do so much wiring down there we do we, we do we just did a big job in austin texas or sorry houston texas i apologize and we did you know all these runs but like in new york city my wiring guys cannot touch anything because it's all union controlled buildings right so you, we can't come in and do stuff however we will manage that project and we want, if there's a problem with the wiring, they got to come to us and we go to the client, right? right. Again, manage service provider, but we're not going to do wiring in New York. It's just impossible. And so we're going to have to outsource that. And that's okay. Like we're okay with outsourcing that thing. So again, it's one of those like, what is it you need to outsource? A, a great, another example for outsourcing beyond technical for a lot of listeners are all the business aspects that you're not doing, right? You all became MSPs or ITSPs or whatever you want to call yourself because you don't, you're not good at finance. You're not good at the maths. You're not good at marketing. You're not good at drawing pictures. You never colored within the lines, right? Those are things also you should be looking at outsourcing for sure. All of the programs we've ever written at Virtua, I'm not a coder. I can barely speak English. You've listened to however number of many podcasts of this. You really think that I can grasp the English language, let alone like, you know, Swift or Java or C++? No way. We've outsourced oh, everything. We've outsourced all of it. Even back when we had SimiPad, when we had Autrieve, it was completely outsourced. And that's okay. You're supposed, you're allowed to do this. What it's, that's what it's there for. Like, use those things. I'm a big believer in outsourcing financial pieces. Also, you ever use a? Have you ever used a um, like a, a fractional CFO before? I have not. But you know, one of the things that I had down here was finance, accounting, billing, um, because those are things that, let's face it, a lot of MSPs don't have experience doing it. Yeah, they are uh, highly. I don't know. I don't want to say regulated, but if you don't get it right, you can be non-compliant and the fees and you the know, tax stuff man for, coming. 
the tax man cometh, right? So, so yes, you want to outsource some of those things. Now, I break down outsourcing for an MSP into two general categories, right? Deliverables, things that the client is going to see. And then number two, internal processes. So we've talked a little bit about both, but to clarify it a little bit, because we talked about things like wiring and telephony, we talked about software development, and that could carry over to website development as well, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. here's here's a big one, right? DNS. Yeah. Like DNS is always a problem. You should never allow anyone else to touch DNS of one of your clients because too much relies on it. It's not just the website. It's not just the email server. There's so many things that could rely on DNS. That's one thing that you absolutely should not give up. You shouldn't let your clients touch their DNS either. No. A lot of times we have clients like Squarespace, for the record, Squarespace is the worst. We have a client who has a Squarespace site. All their DNS was with Squarespace, and they wanted to update their website. So they built a whole new website. And, and in Squarespace, it's very easy to go, make this the new website for the domain. And what it does is instead of making the new website the dns entry for the domain it just moves the domain to the new website and it foregoes all the existing dns records so at six o'clock at night when they were like we're flipping the website and didn't tell us and then all of a sudden stopped getting email because all their mx records went away yeah that was a fun day yeah no that that kind of stuff is is just doesn't need to happen yeah right and and they can be very I don't want to say catastrophic, but disruptive is probably the better term for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so there's those kinds of things, but then there's also like cybersecurity and SOC. Like, do I think that every small business needs a a security operations center? Maybe not, but it's not going to hurt to have some type of outsourced cybersecurity so that you're not having to watch those logs all the time. Easy DMARC, an email authentication and deliverability platform that helps meet and beat Google and Yahoo's requirements in just a few clicks. Easy implementation, smooth DMARC enforcement, smart monitoring and alerting. Everything you need in one platform with a team of experts ready to assist you at every step of the way. Join 70,000 domains authenticating their emails with us. Act now and ensure your important messages land in the inbox. Internal processes, deliverables to customers. We can the deliverables to customers. I think is a pretty flat level here, where like you know what the customer needs, you get it for them. Like a lot of clients, that we need need backup internet. We go to Tolores or Sandler, and we get the backup internet. We need IoT, we go to them and do that kind of stuff. Fine, move that aside. The internal processes, having a SOC, uh, external you know having a fractional cfo which i i have done i'll tell you sorry about that in a minute having a fractional bookkeeper fractional marketing fractional by the way i'm using our fractional fractional virtual outsource it doesn't matter it's all the same thing right um but having the right tools in place and again these are things that when you're outsourcing these things and you're going to me, Justin, but how am I paying for this stuff? You should be baking the costs of this into your billing to your client. So if you're going to have an outsourced 
security operations center watching your logs and watch and doing all your cyber and they're charging you $10 a seat. You're charging your client $20 a seat. Like you have to be doing that. Uh, to me, I think a lot of people like they don't understand how to price it. And that's another conversation and they don't know how to, you know, how to build the margins on it. And again, part of that conversation, but like know that all of these things that we're talking about are other add-ons to your regular hourly monthly whatever service you want to charge somebody to increase your profitability and your revenue it's the same reason why you're selling microsoft 365 licenses now right you're making a dollar but you're doing it why because you're holding the client you want to make that extra revenue sure but like you're using it to hold the client same thing here here great here's a great example right we resell avanon we're very public about this because avanon doesn't make it it's not a white labeled service, but we sell it at Avanon prices and we get it through PAX 8 at a very good discount. Thanks, PAX 8. Um, <clears throat> but we're very clear with our clients. This is what we're selling it at. This is the price done. And we're making like 50% margin, but we're managing that entire infrastructure for them. And that's email security, anti-phishing, anti whatever, and whatever you're using, Avanon, Proofpoint, I don't care what you're using. But like the point is that like, I can go to my client and say, hey, we have a product we use, not we, not a product we built from the ground up or a product that we, you know, no, it's a product that we use and we manage for you that does phishing and DLP and, you know, URL rewrite and shadow IT and whatever. I just rip it off of their website and tell them exactly what they want to hear and sell it. Here's the price. There's their price. There's our price. Same price, right? So there are ways to make money on that stuff. Um, so you should be baking all of that stuff in. Even the stuff that you're using internally. So I'll tell you the fractional CTO story and how we actually made money on the fractional CTO, right? Uh, there's there's a lot of people who do this. Uh, they're fractional CTOs. They're not they're not always accountants. They're or sorry, not CTO. I apologize. A fractional CFO. I apologize. CFO is what I meant to say. Big they're difference not, between the two. There's a big difference. Which weirdly enough, I have a client where the CFO is managing IT because they don't have a CTO, and I've asked them to be their CTO, and they keep saying no. Um, because they have internal IT and they're like, we can't give an external MSP a higher position than the internal people. Whatever. Long story. Um, it's called VCIO yeah. or Comets. No, they're not, they're not, trust me. We've the the amount of uh tomfoolery that has happened there because of trying to get titles in place is, is beyond me. So I don't I don't even care anymore. The fractional CFO. So there's a couple services you can use that are online. You can Google them, find somebody, get a referral, whatever. And I went to them because I looked at, I, I went to them and I said, listen, I need you to run my numbers and make sure that, because so, I, I was like in my head, in, in, in my head and in my heart, I was like, I think there's something wrong, right, with my numbers. Like, no, we were fine, but like, I, was like, I think there's something wrong. I was like, tell me, and, and, and they went back to, she said to me, she goes, well, what do you want me to tell you? And I said, I want you, worst case scenario, to tell me that there is nothing wrong and that it's in my head. And best case scenario is I was right. There was something wrong. We need to fix it. Right? And those are the two scenarios I gave her. I said, either there is something wrong and I'm not crazy or I am crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and she ran through my numbers and she said, you're crazy because your numbers are perfectly fine. And they built out these models for me and they showed me what it looks like if I want to increase my profit margins and how I can do certain things. And if I adjust, you know, if I cut 10% of my software usage or if I add, you know, 5% to 
to payroll or if I remove 10% from payroll or whatever I use, because I just gave them an output from my QuickBooks from the last two or three years. And they went through it all. And it was, it wasn't expensive. I think I paid probably 2000 ish dollars for this couple hours of work with this person, a couple of emails back and forth. It was a first call, a couple emails back and forth. And then the call to show me everything that they had done. And that $2,000, like, I immediately said, okay, cool, I'm crazy, there's nothing wrong, I am profitable, but now how am I going to make my $2,000 back? And I, like, use that to light a fire under my butt to go sell something that day to, like, do it. Because I was like, if my numbers are right, and I've now gotten myself in, like, a men a mental good state by this person telling me, no, things are good go with it keep going keep doing what you're doing and i'm like okay things are good i'm gonna make them better now right there i was like i need to make two thousand dollars to pay for this person and so i found something we can sell to a client i don't know i think it was probably avanon or 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 oh maybe it was the spfd cam dmark stuff that we're doing for clients whatever it was i was like i'm gonna buffer that out because i got into a mentally good state so i know it doesn't translate one-to-one -one, but there are things you can do uh, if you do outsource marketing and you capitalize and you and you put a cost per new incoming lead, right? Because that's a little bit more of an easy math transition for you. Right. I mean, there's a reason why big companies do that, right? There's a reason why there's a, a client acquisition cost that most SaaS companies use to figure out whether or not if they spend X on marketing, are they going to get Y in revenue? And is that at the Z proper profit margin? Yeah. And as a bit as a small business owner, especially uh, who's a technical business owner and doesn't want to do finance type stuff, you can get these fractional CFOs to come in and do that type of work and provide you with that type of what I'll call business intelligence to either confirm that you're crazy. <laughs> or, or puts you back on the right path to generating the profit that you need to fuel the business. Yeah. It's about staying on that path, right? I mean, no matter what you outsource, staying on that path to make sure that you're, that, that you're not crazy or that you are crazy in this example, uh, <laughs> allows you to like, What's nice about it is also is that if I'm freeing up the thought, because for, for, I'll tell you why we went with this was that I was thinking about this for so long. I had been thinking about this for like weeks, if not months before I hired this person, I found this outsourced fractional CFO to like go through this. And it became such a relief because it's, because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it myself. And that's what we're trying to get at is like, if there is something that you can't do yourself, from an internal process, yes, you can build an asterisk server and run VoIP. Don't. But like, you might not be good at finance. You might not be good at marketing. You might not be good at sales or creativity or content creation or whatever. It, knowing your own limitations is a huge... First off, if you know your own limitations, kudos to you. Know from the bottom of my heart, I'm being serious here, that like knowing that is such a, a step up above so many people. Low that, and then find the people that you need to, to make the rest of that fall into place, right? Because 
you can always make more money if you have a clear head about the fact that like your company is profitable because a $2,000 fractional CFO told me so, you know, yep. or alternatively, another big example we use all the time is like, if you got a fractional bookkeeper means that's one less thing you're doing. And if you're paying them $40 an hour and they're spending five hours a week, let's say that's 200 bucks and you can rack up two hours of billables at $200 an hour, you've now made money and you still have three hours left to like, you know, catch up on Lupin on Netflix, which by the way, if you haven't watched it, it's an amazing show. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Facebook, but better yet, go ahead and join the Facebook group. You can also follow us on Instagram if that's your thing. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at All Things MSP to catch us in all of our video glory. And last but certainly not least, if LinkedIn is your thing, you can follow us there as well. And a special thank you to our premier sponsors, SuperOps, MoveBot, Gozinta, EasyDMark, and Comtech. And we also want to thank our vendor sponsors. The All Things MSP Podcast is a BizPow LLC production.